Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of The Intellectuals. I am your co-host, Tony, and with me always is... Senor Balls. Senor Balls. Senor Nikki Balls. Good to see you, Nikki. Good to see you, too, Tony. Uh, what's what's new with you? What's How's your week going? Well, uh, this weekend was very busy with some yard work, but I'm happy that it's all done and the yard is starting to look up. I also bought some of those uh, fire torches, you know, those LED solar things you stick in your garden and they yes. they look really freaking cool. So Great. you are on a mission to put LED lights in every everywhere. square inch, every of, your square inch house. of my household. Right. Are they smart LED torches? No, they're not. They're dumb. That's that's but surprising. they're smart enough to gather sunlight, which is, you know, all right. Fair enough. Good for good right. for the uh, environment. All right. Well, that's good. Um, I got vaccinated. I got my first vaccine yes. in the book. I got uh, Senor Pfizer coursing through my veins. Uh, so my neighbor was walking around the Walgreens right down the street from me, two blocks away. And she hears over the PA system. Hello, shoppers. We have spare COVID vaccine. No. If you'd like to spread the word, we have four so more vaccines opportunistic. Left. Yeah, so she she sends like a group text to her like our little house bubble here, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, I'm on it." I literally like Forrest Gumped down the street, and I was a little worried when I got there because they take your temperature that I was going to be too hot. But I was like, <laughs> I, don't, "I don't know if it works that way." I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a crude measuring device, but uh, yeah, it's yeah. Cool. it was in and out five minutes, and I'm, that's great. And I'm yeah, it's great. So so in in uh, in two and a half weeks, I have to go and get my. Oh, that's shot. it. Two and a half weeks. See, I I had. It's, uh, it's three weeks. It's three weeks, but it's okay. fucking awesome. So, uh, yeah, so yeah. yeah. So you just you just that's how it works because my the 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 official place to do it was just booked solid for weeks and weeks, and you can't you can't do it. Yeah, my original appointment, the first shot is in May, and I canceled that because I already got my first shot. Nice. All right. Well, speaking of shots, the outside. Yeah, you gonna. I get to work. I don't, know how I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I don't know how I'm going to tie that in. We have a great show today. We have a great show today. We have with us uh, this very, very interesting person. Uh, I've known uh, Eric Wright for a long time, although I haven't spoken to him. Well, regardless of this little thing we did right before this, it must have been ten years, maybe, maybe. <laughs> maybe but like, I don't, but, think like, it's been I don't know. Long. But it's. I mean, I've been in California for seven. You, I haven't spoken to you since I've been here. All right, so seven years. Let's say seven. Let's say you gave me a high five on the way out. Yeah, but that's it. I haven't I have no idea what you're up to. Good riddance. See you in seven years. Yeah, see you later. In seven that's years, right. you may not believe this, but in seven years, I will be on yours and Nikki's podcast. That's right. That's I think right. I. I think I thought I. I, I uh, predicted that, and here we are. <laughs> you did. You nailed it. Nostradamus. So, so with us today, the great Eric Wright. Yes. Welcome to the show, Eric. Happy to be here. Welcome, welcome, fellow podcaster Eric Wright. That's, uh, that's, that's true. Right. I, although, although that's a pretty low bar. Uh, so Eric and I were talking, just bullshitting about a week ago, and we were talking, talking, talking. And then I was like, hey, Eric, you know, you should be on our podcast. And he was like, oh, I got a podcast. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. geez, here we go. That's it. That we've reached. Have we reached peak podcast? Peak podcast? Oh, no. I mean, we, we might be close, but I don't know. if I hesitate to think that this is the we've reached the limit of podcasts. <laughs> right. uh, I don't know gotten, if It's gotten pretty. There is a limit. I think we're getting close. I think anybody anybody that has opinions, I think, is a podcast. You know, there's there's basically it's like it's like YouTube, right? Like YouTube has millions and millions and billions of people that watch, but the creators are just a handful, right? There's just there's just a it's some percentage, pretty low percentage. 
Yeah, of course, of course. How much of that is a function of how hard it is to do it? In other words, if it gets e the easier it gets to do it, the more people will create podcasts. If there was well, a, yeah, I think that's exactly it. I mean, you can think about like how easy it is to publish a TikTok versus a YouTube. Right. Five years ago, it's it was true. a huge pain in the ass. You but regardless, no idea. regardless how easy it is to you know keep with it is you know to do one or two episodes is one thing, but to do. 60 80 episodes or whatever you had uh eric you and brian my gosh that's a, that's an accomplishment that's not yeah something you, well, you that just have to any amount of technology to is gonna do yeah yeah right i mean so so okay so you're categorizing it more like anything that a person does with with a degree of discipline so it's like go to the gym i don't right. know have a dog <laughs> like, like mow the lawn like what? these are things that you know right you you to do a podcast, you're suggesting the 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 limiting factor is showing up over and over, yes. and and I think and that's part it. of it. Oh, yeah, getting into it, a yeah. little rhythm, having you know having good audio levels is that's not <laughs> trivial. Yeah, nobody nobody knows the four hours of tech setup we just did. Oh my god, this is and yeah. So this, by the way, is our twentieth show, Eric. <gasps> that's an wow. auspicious show. You're at a milestone. Now, the quest one question I have is, did you plan for it to be on four twenty? Did you plan for the twentieth show to be on four twenty? <gasps> Whoa, I'll take it by no. your gasp that the answer is no. No, because you chose this date, not us. Well, you 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 offered me a fine menu of available uh, options, and I chose this not realizing it was the um, you know the the national holiday, national week, uh, national cannabis day. And right. uh, but here we are. Here That's we right. are. Yeah. So happy four twenty to, to our listeners. All um, right. We need like a sound bite for that. Tony, can you insert some kind of a sound bite? Yes, I will insert a bong noise here. <laughs> I feel like it should be a, a, a clip of Snoop Dogg saying something iconic. I can record done. one for you. Done and done. Those will be added <laughs> post. So Eric, um, so the other thing, uh, this is, I think, I think this is amazing. So as part of kind of our, like our, we prep our guests, we just, we just kind of tell them, hey, don't be intimidated by, you know, being on a on a on an internationally renowned podcast. You know, we have listeners in India, Eric. I don't know if you knew that or not. I didn't but, know that. That's great. Yeah, yeah, we're we're international. So, but a lot of people get intimidated and they get kind of freaked out. So we just say, hey, if you think of ideas or if you have any topics, you know, if you want us to talk about something great, if you want to just think about, but no one has replied to that. No one has <laughs> said a true? goddamn thing. <laughs> I'm not the first one person thing. to do the homework. Not you. You fucking killed it. You sent an email called Topic Ideas, and you included 20, I believe they're chronological bullet points of things to talk about. <laughs> oh I, we again, can talk I, to you for the next five episodes. I don't know I how took, I missed um, this. I just followed the directions. It's, it's almost like he's Elvis, because they, they say about Elvis. Oh, he's you know, like, Nick, I might not have forwarded it to you, because I think, I think I meant to. Yes, I meant to, but I don't think I did. Here it is. That's okay. Sorry, Nick, my bad. No, no. But here it what, is. What I was what I was saying about Elvis is they say, he, you know, before anyone did anything, he did everything. So before wow. anyone ever submitted anything, Eric <laughs> basically submitted something no one will ever, right. I, ever I, come I, close you know, to. The, the person I get compared to the most is Elvis. Uh, <laughs> a little less conversation, a little more action. A little more action. So, Not a lot a more, action. more action. He doesn't actually want that much action. It's just, just a little more. Because he's more. already got enough action. He's you know Elvis. how much you have right now? Just a little, Just a scooch. Just give me a little more. The action. original line was a scooch more action. They're like, you got to, you got to smooth it out. <laughs> right. Okay. So your first bullet point, and I, I don't know if we're going to hit every one of these, although they're all kind of amazing. It, look, it's, it's, I'm just giving the, the ingredients. You're the chef. It's, it's more like menu. Here's a menu. 
you're not going to eat omakase. all of these things on the menu. Yeah. Well, yeah. Just pick and choose, you know? So here's an appetizer, and it's always nice to start with this. You grew up in Oklahoma. That's yeah. that's kind of surprising. To I me. thought that I was, well, I that that's that, one of the kind of go to like tell tell you three things about yourself. So so I don't think right. of that as a um um that interesting. But of course, nobody thinks. I think it's, I disagree. I think it's incredibly. All right, let me. I know, a, I know two people me, from Oklahoma. A, keep going. I know two people from Oklahoma. Okay, you're both of them very interesting people, but also neither one of them would would be like they would be from Oklahoma. I I don't know because. Maybe I just don't have enough knowledge of people from Oklahoma because you're. <laughs> I think that's probably you it. You don't have like an no, like wait, an no, on. razor. You don't have you know. Do, Tony, Tony, give me, let your, me give me your stick. Let me ask give you me a question. Oklahoma story. Are you meeting people from Oklahoma who live in Oklahoma, or are you meeting people from Oklahoma who move somewhere else? Ooh, there's a certain it. there's that's you know there there are different cohorts yeah, here. The ones and, that left. And I'm I'm the person <laughs> who grew up in Oklahoma, right? And there are things to like about it, and moved to. Manhattan to go to NYU and never went back. I mean, I've wow. gone back to see family, but like sure. for the most part, like, yep. I, you know, v- very happily on the East coast since then. Right. So I'm, a, so, you, I'm, a, I'm on the opposite end of that spectrum. I was born in Wantua, New York, <laughs> where I currently live. I've been here my whole freaking life. <laughs> Besides for one brief stint where I moved to Buffalo to go to college and then okay. I came back. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I have said this before, knowing people who live and move to lots of different places, that it's important for people to find, to live in the kind of places where they want to live. I think that's a big part of what it means to be a a whole person, is to figure out what sort of place is your kind of place. And we lived briefly on the West Coast and found that, like, while we can see why people would like it, we're more East Coast people. And we're Mm. happier, Mm. you know, when we move back to New York, so... Um, Eric, in, in Oklahoma, or did you live in, in a city? Yeah, or did no, you... no, we lived in a. It was a small teepee outside of our ranch. <laughs> um, it, we, uh, yeah, it's a town called Stillwater. It's where Oklahoma State is, and Stillwater. it's about halfway between Tulsa and Oklahoma City. And so, so a college town. It's a college progressive, town. And progressive so if you to, politics. Nothing you would rem, you would uh, think of it as. Yeah, like if you had to, if you had to pick a place to grow up, I would say. Tulsa's probably if you if if I were you know sentenced to live in Oklahoma I would I would live in Tulsa and then Stillwater would probably be option two it's right because as a college town it's um uh it's interesting the schools are pretty good um my dad worked for the university and and so hmm. there was generally a culture of uh, all the things that you kind of associate with a classic college town uh, both right. of my parents went there for college and so they had. Um, oh, uh, wow. a lot of that's, kind of like nice. familiarity with the school, and so you know Did they, they meet had, there. Uh, yeah, they met at school, and so Aww. he's he's two years older than than she is, and she was in a sorority, and he was in. Um, oh. We know how that goes. Yeah, and so so they met, and and you know, and here I am. That's great. Uh, do a lot of people stay in in Stillwater well, after college? So that's a great that is a great question. I don't know. I'm always surprised to discover. Because I don't keep in touch with a ton of people from high school, but sure. um, the, you know the people I do follow, I would say that me going to New York was was one of the farther um, sure. distances. Mm. A lot of people are in Dallas or Kansas City or right. Arkansas or um, Oklahoma City or Tulsa is is common. Right. You know, right? So you're not you necessarily know, in Stillwater, but you're you're nearby relatively. I, nearby. I have I have a weird thing that happened to me today. So uh, talking about Tulsa, 
So what is that concept where, you know, you, you, you know, you never know about a car and then finally you buy one and you see everyone has that. <laughs> yeah. Car. There's a name for that, but it's, I, I know what you mean. Well, that happened or, to me or, today because okay. my friend, I just, just learned my friend, one of my friends might be moving to Tulsa hmm. and I never, I mean, I think, I think that's a coincidence, Nick. I know I it is, but it's just, sudden, it's a little weird. Like no, everything is Tulsa. Like my microphone says Tulsa on how, it. <laughs> how often do you hear about Tulsa? <laughs> I mean, how often do I hear about that? That's exactly what I'm trying Fair to say. Enough. Is this is this that effect? I hear Tulsa all the time, and now I'm picking it up. I mean, that's up. my guess. All right, maybe. I think you hear <laughs> Tulsa at least once a day. You just never realized it. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> it just it surprises me. Tulsa sounds like it would be a good dish for like an like an Italian dish, like a sauce, like a Tulsa sauce. Tulsa, you know, Tulsa. Right. You, it's a it's a small town in Tuscany. Tulsa. Molto <laughs> <laughs> bene. Yeah. All right. So then. Your parents didn't grow up in Stillwater. They went to college there and they just decided to stay. Um, yeah, right. Like my my mother grew up in Tulsa. Her mom her mom grew up in Tulsa. So my grandfather grew up in a one-room dirt floor cabin on a cotton farm, believe it or not. And then he got into the petroleum industry uh, in the 60s and 70s and made a lot of money. But as a side effect of that, my dad grew, grew up in... Um, Houston and Calgary and um, yep. a bunch of other places, you know, wherever the, where, wherever the oil business was. Right. right. You know, I live in a college town now and I, I just, I can't imagine going to school here and then staying here. It just, you know, because I, I, yeah, I, I, there's something kind of disposable about a college town. Like it or maybe NYU transactional. does not count. Yeah. I think part of it is better. that he, you know, they he got a job there. Well, he actually, he was in the army. And I wasn't born in Oklahoma. I was born in Fort Polk, Louisiana, uh, which is an army base in Louisiana. And then when I was like a year old or something like that, they moved. Uh, I think he got out of the army because he didn't want to be in the army anymore. And then he's an engineer by trade. And they went back to Stillwater and, and he got a job being a civil engineer. Wow. Okay. Wow. So then. So then. So then. The second so then bullet point. Yeah. <laughs> Number two. And then you had a paper route? <laughs> <laughs> I had a paper route. Nick, did you, did really? you have a paper yeah, route? Yeah, I had a paper route. That's right. So I don't three paper routes right here. One thing I'm curious about is whether any kids have paper routes anymore. First of all, obviously there are no, all they, newspapers being delivered. They, they, they but, moved to the uh, adult in the cre the creepy adult in the car throwing in a car, papers right. on the on the lawn. I walked my paper out. Morning. Yeah. The paper that I uh, had the route for was the local paper, uh, the Stillwater News Press, and. Mm. It was delivered in the afternoon, so I could do Same. it after school. Same, uh, Same And me. until right before I quit, um, they didn't have a Saturday paper. So they had Monday through Friday, no Saturday, and then a Sunday morning paper. Big Sunday. So right. for a kid, it was great because you could uh, every school day, you would deliver the paper after school. And then you don't have to worry about Saturday. And then you got to get up on Sunday, but you got to get up on Sunday anyway to go to church. So it's a... Uh, Right. Uh, it's it's and my mom <laughs> tells the I rem I have a memory of this, but when she tells the story, it's funnier. Of uh, when I first got the paper out, I'm like 12, and the Sunday papers two or three times the size of the normal paper. Yep, that's and right. The, and the right. they have these these bags that are made of canvas, and they have this big kangaroo pouch on the front and the back, and so you load it all up, right? Yep. And so you have this like big um, kind of it's almost like your whole like a like a bushel in the front, and then a, the same one in the back. And when you look, and it was it was not the case that a full that I could fit all of the Sunday papers in that bag. And so, but if you load it up all the way, she said it looked like I was about to topple over because of the weight. <laughs> and so I would, I, I I remember that I have a distinct memory of this. Is my first Sunday. It's it's before 
the sun has come up, so it's dark out, and I load this up, and it's so heavy. I think to myself, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm like, I know I have to. It's my job, uh, and so I I set out with all my papers, and my mom says, okay, just go do the first cul-de-sac, and then come back and get the get the the last mm-hmm. like twelve mm-hmm. or whatever that we couldn't fit in there, and so I did, and I walked there, and this, I think it must have been October because the lady down the street who was my uh, elementary school music teacher, Miss Heiser. Oh. And she had, on her front porch, she had a bale of hay, which must have been for like a like a decoration, right? Like for a scarecrow or something. She had a bale of hay. And so I'm there, and I walk down to the end of the cul-de-sac, and I'm throwing the papers out. And I am so tired that I'm, I'm seven papers in. I had to sit down and take a breather on the bale <laughs> of hay. I sat down. I'm like, oh, my God, this is so heavy. But what I hadn't counted for, which is obvious in retrospect, is pretty soon your load is getting lower, right? Your right. your your payload is is reducing. Yes. So pretty soon it's not that big of a deal anymore. It's really just the first part right. that's the worst. And so right. I I ended up it, it ended up being fine. But it was one of those like I don't know if I'm going to be able to accomplish this. Yeah, that's great. Uh, that's which a, is that's it's a great building. that's a great right. experience for a young man to have or a young sure. To have. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, it's it's, it's petrifying, like, and then yeah. and then you and then you look back fondly. Then it gets easier. Uh, Did you have to put the papers together on Saturday night? Okay, so you have to roll the papers. They get delivered to your house in a big bundle, you know, flat, and wrapped up in a Mm -hmm. plastic thingy. Mm -hmm. And then the person who drops them off just drops them off in your driveway, right? So then you you bring them up, and then you have to spend, you know, I got pretty quick at it, but you spend, you know, however long it takes rolling them, putting the rubber band on them, and there you go. And right. so, and then if it's rainy, you have to put them in a plastic bag, which was, right. always took, it took twice as long. Oh, so you don't want to yeah, do that. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, and my mom would help me roll. And the, the deal was pretty soon, the Sundays got to be such a big deal or kind of a bear. So my dad would help me carry them and my mom would help me fold. So it was kind of a family. Oh, like in retrospect, nice. I'm like, that's a really nice thing for a parent to do, to get up at 5 a.m. and help your son like roll newspapers. Yeah, right. I'm like, yes. okay. As a parent now, I'm like, I would do it. And of I course. would like grumble to the other parent about god this is a real pain like yeah it's not gonna last forever just do can it. i get a cut in this That's yeah right. <laughs> right, uh, right. i used to live um you know near a supermarket near a path mark so i can't even imagine not having access to shopping carts i would just literally go to the supermarket steal a shopping right. cart right. and then put the sunday papers in there and that's how i would deliver the papers because i you i wouldn't be able to carry them and yeah, this whole, like, I forget what I used. I think I had, um, I didn't have a full like a trolley, uh, maybe path mark something. Shopping you need cart, wheels, but I had some kind of a little trolley device. Yeah, it's 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 heavy. It's maybe like a radio flyer. But, that yeah, would have I, been a good I do use have one of those a couple things. distinct memories in my paper out. One of them I'd like to share. One day I woke up with a stiff neck, like a really stiff neck, probably the most stiff neck I've had in my entire freaking <laughs> life. And I'm sitting there, literally. I don't know, Tony, if you could describe this. I'm, I'm delivering the papers like like this. Yes. You know, like so he looks. Up. I didn't actually throw them. I actually walked up to people's mailbox. Imagine his right ear I, glued to his right shoulder. Yeah, and I and had to do with the like, kind of a dead eye. Kind of a sad. You know, crossing face. the street, I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'm like looking. I'm turning my whole body. It was crazy. Mm. But you did it. But I did it. Yeah, and that's what you learn. The news never stops. You wouldn't, you, you, whatever it would rain, sleep, you're kind of like a postman in that sense. You never were like, I'm not going to do the newspapers today. And because you, you learn responsibility, you feel yeah, you terrible. Have you have to do it. Well, and the yeah. reason and that, I ended up quitting was they introduced a Saturday paper. And I was like, I can't, 
I can't have a seven oh, day. That was your day off. That was your I was day like, off. yeah. Well, and the other thing was you could like do like a mini vacation, right? Because you could right. deliver this Friday afternoon paper, get in the car, go to grandma's house in Tulsa, and then as long as you were back by Sunday morning, you could have the Saturday off. You could like have your you know little. Right. You could do something on Saturday, but right. once they once they added the the or once they added the Saturday paper, I you know forget it. And then, did you have to collect the money as well? Yeah, that was the worst. Because that was another part that they don't tell you, right? No, that, like, that, that was, was the a worst huge part. pain in the ass. And it's one of those things where, looking back now, I have such a um, different perspective on how it was. But I, I had so much guilt, almost like I was, mm -hmm. like I was, um, right. like it was an imposition because you had to knock on everyone's door. And it's like you right. owe me, you know, six dollars or whatever yep. it is. You right. had to collect and, the money. I remember that. Well, collect. And, I always say and collect. If you, if you didn't collect one month, then you know the next month they owed you for two months or whatever. And so I had a few people that it was a real pain to collect from them. And then I, I would feel bad that they were accruing a tab. Like it didn't occur but to me. It's you, like, but you had to pay for that's it. That's right. right. That's right. So and it was on you. Yeah. The, the, the thing though is when you're a 12 year old, you don't have a lot of expenses. So this is a massive amount of spending money, like sure. $70 a month. That, and you get that yeah. crazy wad of cash. What are you going to do with right? so much money? I'll, Baseball I mean, that's cars, an, yeah. comic books. I, I once... Uh, bought a stack of Star Trek: The Next Generation uh, playable card game that was like uh, this is like a '90s era. It was like Magic of the Gathering, but like yeah, not yeah. Uh -huh. not that cool. Uh huh. And <laughs> and so I bought I forget how many packs this was, but it was a lot. And my mom said, "How much? How much was that?" And I I think it was sixty dollars or something. Damn. Which my I might as well have said a million. Sure. She was like, okay, right. maybe don't spend all of that all at the same. Because I was just opening up like an addict, like just trying to yeah. get, get the, you know, maybe Picard yeah. will be in this pack. And yeah, probably uh, like how much was a shopping trip like for mom back then? Exactly. Right? It was it's like, like that 40 was like bucks. You feed the whole yeah. family for yeah. 40 bucks, right? Yeah. And so it's like incredible. she told me later that the best thing about the paper route was I didn't ask for money anymore because I'm like, I got my own money. I don't have to ask anyone's permission to spend my own money. And that was right. great. I love the freedom of that. Um, but it's, it was still like, <laughs> she felt like, yes, it's your money. You can spend it. But I also would like you to have good spending habits. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. That's always a so delicate a balance. That's right. Uh, yeah. I never really so, had that problem with Giovanni. Giovanni was always, he got a job at 15 at Carvel. He worked up for three years until he went to college. Okay. And he never, ever um, spent, you know, misused his money. He saved, 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 saved. He was very good about it. Um, so you had a little taste of freedom. Mm -hmm. You learned responsibility and work ethic. Yeah, and we, then and that's right. And then you go and then you go work at. Uh, sorry, then you go to NYU for college. Yeah. So y you you visited New York before you chose NYU, right? Like you were, you knew what you were getting into, or or so, no, what was that um, like? So, no, no, I got into NYU um, having never been to New York City in my life. Damn. And my mom, this was in the spring. So I got, I, you know, NYU is incredibly expensive. And I had done well on my test. And so I got this really good scholarship that made it possible to go there, right? Because I wanted to go there. And I told my mom, and I might as well have said, I want to go to the moon. She was like, cool. <laughs> Let me know when you figure out how that ha that's going to happen. <laughs> right. But I got, a, I got a good scholarship. And so it was, so it was you know, possible. And um, in the spring, they send you an invitation for new students. And it's like, hey, you're, you know, we're inviting you to come visit on this particular weekend. And it's like a, you know, prospective student uh, or accepted students, you know, weekend. 
And she's like, we should go. And I was like, we should go? Really? Like, we're going to go? And she's like, yeah, I need to see where you're going to yeah. be. Like, you're, I, in retrospect, right. like, I didn't realize this is a momentous thing for her as a parent. I'm the oldest child, and I'm about to leave and go to go to college. And and, she, and it's 1,500 miles away. And she's like, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm going to need to see New York City. Cause she, and it's she, New York City. Yeah. It's yeah, not Tulsa. And, it, and, right. and what I found out later was the picture of New York City that was in the mind of, of her and my dad was New York City of like the 70s and 80s. Of course. Which is not the New York City of the early 2000s yes and so post giuliani everything yeah. is spotless <laughs> i mean right. I, I if there's one thing we can take away it's that uh once giuliani gets involved everything gets better and <laughs> so we we ended up going and it was this you know whirlwind weekend trip and it was fantastic i could i was i was so happy and i think she was like a little bit um reassured seeing that it was like mm-hmm. oh it's just because you know she'd never been there and but she's relatively adventurous as a person and so mm-hmm. we stayed at this little cheapo hotel that was on 25th and um, just next to Madison Square Park. Uh, it's not there mm-hmm. anymore. but it, or, It's amazing that you remember this, but. Oh, it's, I mean. It's, it's a first it's, impression. It's etched in. Yeah, exactly. It's wow. like, uh, it's like, uh, like a baby bird. It's, it's embedded um, in, my, in my memory. But um, yeah, we stayed at this little hotel and then, you know, walked down to NYU and then like took the subway for the first time, uh, you know, went, went to like a. Broadway show and it was like oh, it was like three days great. or whatever Magic. Um, and it was great and then I went to NYU and loved it you know I, I wanted to be in New York so you're you're a computer science major in my freshman year I was yeah because I wanted <laughs> this is uh, yeah I don't know what this says about me but I wanted to get into the film school I did not have my portfolio submission done by the deadline hmm. because to get in the film school you have to submit like a short film or a, a script or something right Wait, before you get admitted or like your freshman year? As part of your admission, in the same way you would submit an essay or something like that. Okay. And so I didn't have it. I just didn't finish it. It was literally like I had done it, but I couldn't get it onto a videotape. Like it was like, like, like technical issues. Cause like I couldn't figure out how to do it. And I'm, and of course, like I'm, it's my senior year or whatever. And I'm, I've got a million other things on my mind and I'm, and I'm also not that organized. Right. So I just didn't get it done in time. So I'm like, well, I want to go to NYU. I want to be in New York. So I can I can submit to the College of Arts and Science without a portfolio submission. So I did that instead, and I and I got hmm. accepted, which oh, was great because like that's, that's how I got the scholarship and all all the things, right? Um, so my fresh my freshman year, I was a computer science major. Yeah, yeah. I think you may have told me that story when we were doing that first Ragnar. We were mm-hmm. driving together at late at night. <laughs> you got you hours. Were, to you were kill. telling me about uh, a bunch of some of your movie ideas and stuff. I think I was telling you about my book that is still in progress. You're still working now. on it? Send me a draft. I'll read. I'll read a manuscript. Still working on it. Thank you, Eric. What was that? What was that? Uh, that first that that movie that you made that never was submitted to NYU. Did you ever manage to transfer it to some some medium? That's a great. So that like that, that's a <laughs> that's a great question. It's not good. Um, I'm almost <laughs> certain that the thing because I ended up in the film school, but I transferred from you know from. Yeah. It was like an inter-school transfer, and I did mm-hmm. submit a portfolio, but it was like a series of uh, storyboards rather than a than a because they had a couple options, right? You can write a script, you okay. can do storyboards, you can do a movie, whatever. Right. Um, and what the are they thing, looking for? They're looking for raw talent, or they're what are they? What great are they question. For I don't. I can only speculate because I, I don't know for sure. The thing I submitted was just a really basic kind of a story in a st- in storyboard form. Like I think they're just looking for basic storytelling. 
which right. sounds like a super low bar, but no, no. That in makes, retrospect, looking really at a important. lot of the work I did, like I, I have always had a little like my technical chops have always been a little bit better than my storytelling. Like the thing I've had to work at, and that I, I, I one of the things I'm proud of is having learned, having gotten better at storytelling in general, and I think I'm pretty good at it now. But it's like having had to work at it, um, mm-hmm. and it's a thing where I love to be the recipient of it. I love to like be the audience for like a really well told story. The thing I like about movie is like really well done plot. Uh, you know, yep. an ending that ends up being surprising, but inevitable is the cliche. Yeah, 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 and uh, so I love that, but I've always had a little bit more of like, I'm good at the, you know, the craftsmanship of filmmaking right. more than the, more than I guess the art of it. Um, yeah. But, and like I said, I'm, I'm better at it now than I, than I used to be. But um as a kid, I loved the, just the magic of putting together anything. And I needed like an editor or, well, I was going to say an editor the way that a, that a, that a novelist needs an editor, but like I needed somebody to like give me feedback I could work with. And like, I, 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 I struggled to find, and we're just a bunch of kids. So like, who cares? But like, I needed kind of like somebody to push me and to say like, this, this is good. This is not good. And you know, but that's um, rare when you're young. That, I mean, it, yeah, as it's an hard adult, to find it's more, that. I think much more common. But I, um. I think it's rare when you're an adult, to be honest with you. So, um, Eric, you are a designer now, and 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 I fell into that field. And one of the things that I, I'm, sh- I was shocked at, is how important feedback is for design, yeah. and how much of a process it is, and how like a, like getting critiques is just part of the thing that. Every designer learns in school. I didn't go to school for it. Yeah, well, I, I didn't I, either, I, actually. Yeah, but le- but looking at people that came out of a design program, they they just know it. They know how to take critique, how to how to give it, and it's just it's it's amazing. That gives you the freedom to kind of just show work that's not ready, that's half baked, and it, it just gives you the opportunity to just literally get reactions and kind of learn by sharing. Yeah, and I think adults in general don't have that flexibility. I think design is actually kind of amazing in that sense. Yeah, I think that's true. It's it's something I've always um, just from like a job point of view. I run a design team, so like the value of having a team of designers is that it's possible for a designer to do something in a vacuum. But practically speaking, you have to do design work, and then you have to create distance in some fashion. Like you step away from it for a while, or you come back (laughs) so so that you can kind of be your own critique. But that's really slow and inefficient. And yep, right. it's better to have a, a community, you know, colleagues yep. or on a team or whatever, where you can show them something and then you can get feedback in a trusted way and th- where they can understand the kind of feedback you're looking for, too. And it's not about, like, do you like it or not? It's does this work? Does this do the thing we need it to do? And right. the thing that I, as the as the lead, as the manager, do is, like, my job is being able to give good critique, to be right. able to diagnose whether or not something's working and right. what makes that the case and tell somebody a useful thing because yes. telling someone this sucks doesn't actually help <laughs> it might like prevent a disaster which uh, there's right. some value to that right but you actually you're in the job of success like you need to you actually need to solve the problem right. um so even like one of the things i've tried to learn especially since like as a creative person as an artist i'm super sensitive like we all are and so i know directly how how, how much it stings to hear that you, the work you just put a lot of effort in is not good yep. um right. and and that can be true but you're still super sensitive to it so i've yep. tried to learn how to give feedback that is um sensitive to that, that vulnerability yeah, yeah, without vulnerability, pulling yeah. punches uh, without 
without right. being frank but not being a dick about it yeah and it's the difference right. between <laughs> honesty and unkindness right i think yeah. kindness, kindness is undervalued because when someone's unkind you end up burning a lot of emotional fuel just like dealing with it um yeah and meanwhile when somebody is kind but but honest um you can get to the the the, the value of what you're doing right there's something also about if you are on the kind of on the other end of, of, of your kind of management critique, you have to be able to articulate the work, why you've taken certain decisions, why you're doing certain things. And, and you know, junior designers or anyone in that, that capacity doesn't know how to anticipate what you're going to say and be able to defend it, right? Yeah, and that, the, the context what, around it. Yeah, so when you start kind of getting good at this stuff, you kind of can anticipate what you not and not just you right maybe like your boss or or the client or the customer is going to say about this kind of stuff and you know one of the things that i've that i've learned that again for kind of managing teams is just just show me options don't get too attached to any one thing right yeah, yeah that's, a, that's does, a good point yeah don't you know this doesn't this doesn't define you your solution right, <laughs> right? Well, and that that's actually a, a very well put you're you're describing like a classic trap that we all fall into, which is that you get to associate it with the work. And right. I, th I find that the healthiest teams, you have the opposite of that, where we're not attached to this at all. These are just options. I'm, I'm trying my best. Exactly. I want these to succeed. But exactly. that idea of like optionality and, and let's let's try different options. There's, there's two reasons why that matters. One is, is what we just said, which is not be getting attached to it. But the other is um, there's a thing about creativity uh, where if you try to come up with, let's say, uh, 10 options for something it could be just, it could be anything like names for something or yep. color mm -hmm. choices or graphic yep. options it doesn't matter but there's something about like uh, the round number of 10 because the first three or four will come easy those are the ones off the top of your head and then you'll and then you might be able to squeeze out a couple more but around five or six you hit a wall and you're like oh i have no more ideas yeah and What's great is if you force yourself to come up with more, you're like, all right, I just need to fill out the list. It doesn't matter if they're terrible. Right. You'll oftentimes come up with good ones for numbers like eight, nine, and 10. Yes. And if there's something beyond that, forcing yourself into the realm right. of coming up with something that could be bad. You have to right. unlock the willingness to, to sort of quote unquote fail, to, to do something yeah. that you don't know whether or not it's good. Cause you're so in love with those first ones. You're like, oh, that gradient was awesome. And right. you want to get to the point where you're coming up with just things that are interesting, things that are different, right. and then assessing it, right? The person exactly. who comes up with the things is not the same person as the one who assesses it. Even if it's the same human being, you're putting on different mm -hmm. different hats. Yeah, and, and having the, the space and like the safety to be able to do that is is actually really, really amazing. Yeah, that's the, uh, I mean, that's the job of, of running a team is to create that, right. is to create the environment where that's possible. Right. right. Um, you had mentioned earlier that you were not that great at storytelling. Like, who is right when they're? I, I think I'm I'm not bad at it now. But, but yeah, so it's, so it's with it's with a lot. How of How did you? How did you get? How did you get to where you are now with storytelling? Uh, so I, you know, I write screenplays, and for a long time, the idea of writing a like say a feature length screenplay was this sort of un unsummited mountain, and mm -hmm, I kept mm -hmm. taking a run at it, and I would I would sort of like generate the count of pages i would write something that was 110 pages long but it wasn't it wasn't a movie it wasn't good it wasn't even is that like a the bad... length of a screenplay 110 yeah pages? it's the the rule of thumb is in a standard screenplay format it's about a minute per page and so you're looking depending on the oh. genre a little bit but 
Yeah. A hundred, wow. 110-page script is approximately 110 minutes. Interesting. Which is, you know, plus or minus. And you can find outliers um, based on the writer and, and things like that. But that's the rule of thumb. And so I would write things that were about the right length, but they just didn't hang together. And if you read them, it would just be, I don't know, it, it just wasn't there. And then I was really struggling, and I had this idea, and I had this idea that I should just look at what, a, like do a color by numbers version of writing a script. So what I did mm-hmm. is I thought about what movies do I know where the story, because I'm not tell, I'm not doing experimental theater. I'm doing really, you know, classic Joseph Campbell, you know, hero's, hero's journey, journey type, type yeah. stories, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. This is not, this is not rocket science. Um, I think I have a cool idea or whatever, but like it's the, the structure, the skeleton underneath it is a familiar shape. So I was like, all right, let's pick a movie. I was like, I'm just going to pick like Star Wars and the Matrix, right? Like these are, you know, pretty, pretty generic, uh, well-known, everyone knows them kind of thing. So you, so I, so I pull the scripts uh, off and I'm like, what I'm going to do is I'm going to map my main character to Neo and I'm going to map the mentor character to Morpheus and I'm going to map my villain to Agent Smith and I'm just going to go scene by scene Right. And write a version of the scene that's in the shape of the scene that I see in the script, right? Wow. So this is the this that's is the, this is the scene which, by where, the way, is how like Star Wars came to be, right? Yeah, that's exactly. Like, I'm not. I'm sure I'm not the first person. <laughs> You're to not the first this. person that's done this, right? Yeah, because I'm like, and what that did, I was because I was so frustrated. I was like, this is just an exercise. I don't think I'm going to come up with anything good out of this, but like maybe I'll figure it out. And what was really surprising to me is how well it worked. And it's actually so much so that like, I, this is a thing I've recommended to other people who right. who get hung up. And I've done it before when I get hung wow. up in a way. Because what happens is you when you walk, you for, you have to do it. That's the trick. You can't just read it. You have to actually like type the thing, right? And it's going to be bad. You're going to feel terrible the whole time you're doing it. Um, but <laughs> you, you're like, you, what you need to say is, okay, this is the, this is the uh, meeting where the mentor first meets the main character, but the main character says, no, I don't want to do it. So write a version of that, right? And then the next scene is this. And so what you, you realize is scripts are made of scenes and yeah. scenes have a purpose, right? They, right? they do a thing. And when you, it's a little bit like doing reps of an exercise until you get into muscle right. memory. It's a, there's right. a version of muscle memory where you start to recognize, oh, it's a, this kind of scene. It's about this long. It has this many characters. Here's the kind of wow. dialogue. Here's the kind of action. And so once I got through that and I realized like I started to get a kind of sense for the overall, the kind of the, the structure of it, right? In the same way that if you take a figure drawing class, there's the skeleton not the, the not armature. the literal skeleton it's the armature right it's the shapes it's the geometry underneath what looks like a realistic person and so you kind of need to know that in order to do the thing to, in order to pull off the magic trick that yeah, looks like a real right. thing and, and then so, you can do the Tarantino thing, which you could just once you have it all laid out, then you just rearrange it. You just, and the story yeah, will you just shuffle you, the up those cards. The story will come together exactly. in your mind. Yeah, yeah. That's, but uh, it's kind of amazing, just walking yeah. through the basics. Then it it puts the basics kind of in your bones a little bit. And so then, since then, I've written multiple things, and I'm working on something now that I'm that I think is the best thing I've written. And it's like it's because I've gotten past the point where I'm just right. I've gotten past the point where I'm just figuring out the how to do it, and now it's more like how do you do a good version. That's right. right. So it's like, um, you know, good writers borrow, great writers great. steal. TSL. You made that up? No, I just Googled. I just Googled. <laughs> yeah. I knew the quote, but I didn't know who did it. And, uh, you know, you mute your microphone, you, you, you type on your keyboard. Yeah, and there it is. That's there the world go. we live you know, in. You know what that reminds me of a little? And this is like on the other end of the spectrum, maybe some, maybe more relatable to, to regular like office slobs um, like myself, <laughs> is like, like when you're working on a PowerPoint – 
you can work on the PowerPoint's formatting and you can obsess about it and you never actually get to what the hell you're trying to say. And then now you're fighting two things at the same time, right? As opposed to just like starting on a Word doc, getting your outline, getting your story, getting what you're trying to say, and then moving it into a PowerPoint, right? It's the same thing. You, you have one fight at a time. And I think what you're saying, Eric, is like, you need to learn what that structure was. So you kind of dealt with it in a very methodical way. And then you can get creative and, and do something with it now that you understand kind yeah, of the One of my the sort of, of it. personal guidelines when you're trying to learn something especially is um, if there's an instructor who's showing you something, trying to teach you something, oftentimes they'll ask you to do something. And you, if you're an arrogant person like myself, you'll, 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 you'll have this knee-jerk reaction in the back of your head like, ah, I don't think I would do it that way. <laughs> and I have learned that... <laughs> <laughs> unless you know what you're doing just do what they ask just yeah. do it literally do the it. way they ask just do just, it just just follow do it. the direction muscle ma- until you get muscle until memory. you know what you're talking about right exactly. and and yeah. pretty soon you know even if the teacher knows more than you you know enough to put whatever they're telling you in context and have a uh, educated opinion about it one way or the other but it, in the beginning just shut up and do what they ask you to do they're trying to show you and it's it's the process of doing it of, of walk you force yourself to walk through it and you know, literally yeah. type out the scenes, literally, yep. you know, or do the um, athletic activity or, or write you know, the code or write the code or whatever the thing yep. is. Don't overthink it. Have the humility as a student to just follow the leader. Oh, that's humility. That's great advice. So you graduated in, with a BFA in film production. Have you have you worked in the film industry? Have, have you anything come from that no, directly? No, you're you're poking at a sensitive area. Uh, in that that's my dream job. I would like to be in the film business. I would like to make movies. That's what I'd like to do. Um, I kept getting jobs doing design work. So I've sort of fallen into this career uh, oh, and it's not thing. unrewarding, but, <laughs> but, and you're but very good at it. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, that's I, you why, know. that's why you're, that's right. You keep falling into it. Yeah. Hey, you are very good. You're at a young it. man right. and you have your whole life ahead of you. My you whole life can, ahead of me. you will write you will write a screenplay if you want to right. write a screenplay. I know you have the ability. And and, and in a way, like, you know, I, I think there's a, a, a curse, which is like, may you find success young. And it's like, <laughs> there's a thing where I look at the work I was doing in the in my 20s, and I desperately wanted to be in the film industry, and I wanted to be given creative, some creative control over, you know, things that in retrospect, I was not anywhere near prepared. And I'm not suggesting I am now, but I'm way more prepared now than I am then That's in great. terms yep. of yep. overall mm-hmm. just personal you know all the skill set that goes into that whether it's interpersonal skills storytelling skills um perspective on life having an opinion about things you know all of that um and 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 so i am optimistic that that's a thing that i could do at some point Um, exactly it's it's an an interesting way i am optimistic that i am going to get my my book out another book after that i'm going to be a writer um i'm optimistic about it even though it hasn't materialized yet but I have that same sort of optimism. It's not like it's this daunting thing. I just know that, you know, things just need to fall into place. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's the, the thing is writers, write, Filmmakers make films, developers develop it. It's you just do the thing, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. I think, uh, was it Faulkner who said, um, and oh. I'm not Googling this. It's like, uh, oh. don't try to be a writer. Right. You know, it's something like that. It was basically like, just write. Don't try to be a writer. Just, just, just write every day. 
what what did you like what's your dream job in the film oh, I'm industry a director. director but yeah. but you're but you're also writing so you're a writer I'm, director I'm writing because uh when I was in LA and I had a meeting with a producer and he said do you write and I said mm. kind of not really and he says you need to learn how to write <laughs> so thus began a uh, Wait, but that's not. I mean, is that a is that a new thing? That's not a because that's not, Scorsese doesn't write, does he? That's not a new. Th- here, I'm I'm speaking a little out of my depth. It's there are plenty of directors who don't write. This is right. just this is just one guy's advice. I'm not I'm not right. suggesting this is the way it is. I'm I'm just telling you a story about a thing that was said to me in a restaurant. But I took it to heart, and I don't think it was a bad idea. Um, but my, I would say, um, occupationally, being on set directing actors and coordinating all everything that goes into you know making a movie and there's pre-production there's post-production which i do enjoy but like being on set is the most at home i've ever felt doing anything Hmm. and so you've so you've done it you've done oh yeah yeah. i've made short movies and and i've been on set and it's it's like it's hard to describe like i i think i'm pretty good at it um but i feel very it's it's all encompassing in the sense that it's very difficult right. and it's but the thing I love about right. it is that it is focused and it's complex and there's sort of a technical aspect and there's a creative aspect but it's also this enormous um, team of people all working yeah. toward one goal and I really like that I really like that sort of focused collaboration and because it's so difficult to assemble all this and it costs so much on a per minute basis to have everything it's incredible there's a ton of motivation to do a good job. Uh, and it's, and it's fun. It's a, it's got kind of a summer camp vibe. And I also like projects where there's like a beginning, middle and an end. Right. Now, now, um, I know you have, uh, you're married with children. True. And have you made any movies with your kids? So that's a great question. We've actually written a script. (laughs) My, my four-year-old had an idea. She, she has hot ideas that require a high degree of visual effects. I'm, I'm incapable of making. She was like, we could could have one. Like, why don't we have one where the house is haunted and there are goblins climbing like on top of the house and the goblins are purple and they keep getting bigger and then maybe one eats the roof. And I'm like, yeah, that is a cool idea. I'm going to have to think about how to to do that. Um, So, yes, but we actually have have this idea that I think we could shoot and I actually think she would be good on camera. I don't know. I'm going to do a screen test and find out. That's Um, right. To be perfectly honest, it's been uh, like a lot of us during the pandemic. Uh, having everybody at home while every, you know working at home, schooling at home, mm-hmm, everything mm-hmm. at the same time is is uh, somewhat of a that's a that's a heavy enough load as is. So it's yes, so we haven't course. added a ton of extracurriculars. But but yeah, that's something that I would like to do. That's great. I've only done one movie that was semi scripted with my kids. Well, I guess I did. A, How'd that go? A couple. It's fine. I'll I'll, yeah. I'll send you a link because okay, I love, cool. I love when people watch them. But um. Yeah, it's fun with the, especially when the kids are young. Like your kids are young, um, they're very malleable. Yeah, Dad, sure, <laughs> right. I'll do whatever you want. Well, they're, they're malleable. They also don't have. Sometimes they don't have the patience that filmmaking requires. There's a lot of like, <laughs> hurry up and wait. There's a lot of like, right, yeah. hang on, we're almost there. And so I've tried to think like, is there a way to do something where it's like, um, would feel like a movie? Like it doesn't, have, you know, but would would right. you could do it in chunks that they have an appetite for right That's can right. we do it in half hour chunks oh um, oh you, like t- you, okay you're ambitious all my movies are like two or three minutes long i'm i, well, no, no, I don't you're mean, talking sorry, I don't like mean a half, major production no i'm talking about half hour like 
half hour of shooting, which would end up with a couple oh, minutes yeah, of, yeah, of footage. I don't mean right, half hour right. of okay, like finished gotcha, material. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you could maybe do a bunch of those, and if you made it fun enough, and the kids were like, "Hey, let's do another one of those," and you could shoot a bunch and then put yeah. it together, and you know, yep. everyone wears the same costumes every time, and then it feels like a thing. That's cool. That's great. How, how old are your kids, Eric? Uh, they're almost five and nine. Their birthdays are in May. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So one young. year per year, it, so it happens young. to everybody. Um. So now you uh, you live in Westchester, and yeah. you have a dog. So how how, <laughs> yeah. you, how are you liking suburban? Oh, life? you live well, in this, Westchester now? Yeah, this is all new. We used to, we lived in Brooklyn for many years, and then um, as the kids were getting larger, <laughs> we <laughs> we realized that the the apartment was yeah. not, and so we started looking at all the places that you know people in the tri-state area look, mm-hmm. and. Um, Initially, we were, you know, didn't see any, any places that we loved and, and so on. And in the fall of 2019, we, we did kind of like a weekend trip driving up to Hudson, looking mm. at some houses in different towns. Because, you know, anyone who's done this knows you can't, you don't know what a place is like until you've been there. You can yep, look at yep. Zillow all you want. Yes. It doesn't really tell you whether or not you kind of, yep. you know, resonate with a place. So we did a trip and then my wife had pulled a handful of uh, houses for us to stop by. And a bunch of them you stop by and you instantly know <laughs> it's that it's a no, right? right? You're just right. like, nope, mm-mm. It, for yeah. lots of reasons. But she had a vibe about this one house. And then we we moved up here, or we, we came up here and came to the open house. And we were like, yeah, we kind of like it here. Like it's got the right, just kind of the right vibe. Um, and the house was... Um, was a great deal for what it was, partly because it was being sold by a flipper who I I suspect was having a cash flow issue. Mm. Um, just that's my guess because they were very eager to sell, and uh, right. once we got into contract, they were like, "So we can can we close?" And this was in late 2019. It was fall of 2019. Yeah, so this is before the wow. pandemic was a thing. We we later yep. felt Perfect. very um, <laughs> yeah. lucky. Nailed it. Um, yeah, but it's great. You know, we have about an acre. We've been doing a ton of landscaping. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, my Amazing. my born in New York City, grew up in New York City. Wife turns out to be very good at landscaping, and so oh, that's uh, great. <laughs> what uh, what town is this? Uh, Austining. Oh, Austining! Oh, I went to college with a guy from Austining. Is that I right? Never heard of it before I went to went to school there. It's probably it's best in pop the culture North, yeah. as um, being featured in Mad Men. So it's a classic, like right. you know, commuter yeah, commute down right. into the city from the Hudson Valley town. What's the commute like to the city? No idea. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, uh, at least on paper, what how long it will take you to get to, let's say, Midtown Manhattan? Uh, yeah, it, uh, you know, it's it, no, it's less. It's between an hour and an hour and a half. Depends on yeah. train schedules okay. and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, yeah, it's not that but, far up. It's not that far up. Yeah, we moved here shortly after everyone. You know, once everyone's working from home, we're doing it out of Brooklyn. We had been planning to move at the end of the school year because we had done a bunch of renovations and stuff like that. And then um, we moved here early because That's great. That's better so to be, great. you know, better to be here. And it's great. Oh, There's a lot of things we like about it. Um, it's hard to separate the our first year here from our first year in the pandemic because <laughs> yeah. they happen at the same time. Right? Have um, you like met your neighbors? Or, yeah, we can't. We, really have a, we have a good neighborhood. We like our neighbors. Um, okay. Everyone here is, you know, friendly and uh, right. lots of different ages. You know, they're the the block we're on. Um, a lot of these houses were built all at once in the sixties and it's actually a historical, um, what do you call it? His, um, uh, like a historically preserved 
block um, oh. because oh. all these houses were built by the same architect in the 60s and so it's sort of a time capsule of mid-century uh, modern architecture cool. our house oh, our house is older than that and so it it's not of these these same houses on the block but it's really interesting um, because you walk around it's like oh these kind of look like the kind of houses they don't make anymore because they have these like enormous glass windows in the front and they have these oh, you know, sharp that's angles. Beautiful. That's it's beautiful. beautiful. So I was talking to one of my neighbors who has, who lives in one of these houses and I was like, uh, this is, this is beautiful. How is it for like heating and cooling? And he goes, Oh, <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> he's like, it's he's, not made for that. That's like, not what yeah. it's for. It's like these every winter it's freezing every summer. It's, incredibly hot um, um, they said we replaced our our enormous uh windows we replaced the glass with like modern energy efficient glass i was like oh did that help he said no it's just <laughs> as bad as it was so um they are beautiful but it makes me glad to be living in a more regular house-shaped house right um a house-shaped house are you are you growing things in your in your one acre mostly marijuana um nice. no we um we, 20 baby yeah we um <laughs> Uh, we found that the property had been mostly neglected for, we think, about 10 years. But that, like an old lady had lived here and I think just couldn't really keep right. take care of the property. Yeah. And so we ended up with um, some invasive species. So a bunch of poison ivy and also bittersweet vines. Um, and so bittersweet vines, as a lot of people know, are, are an incredibly aggressive vine. And so... And they'll just like, keep growing. Like Rosa Sharon. Like Rosa Sharon. Is that I right? Hate, Rosa Sharon is the worst. At yeah. Least near, near me. So the, right. So there's a lot of species where unchecked they will just overwhelm right. over. all the right. other plants. Right. So we have these beautiful, very tall old pine trees, uh, and there's an ash tree in it, and, a, and some maples and some others. And we love old trees, and these are just incredible. And they had just been choked with vines, and so and we're talking vines the the diameter of your wrist like Damn. tarzan vines wow. and so we had them all you know we so we had to do a bunch of work like we had to ha we had to have some trees cut down because they were about to fall over and they were diseased or whatever and we cut all the vines and the vines are in some of the trees the vines are still hanging and will eventually drop out as they dry up um and then we had a bunch of the shrubbery pruned back so that we could pull the bittersweet up out of the ground and every time you see like maybe 12, 18 inches sticking up out of the ground. You start to pull it and you think, all right, I'm just going to pull this little weed uh, weed or uh, vine. And then the next thing you know, you've pulled 10 or 15 feet of a vine yeah. out of the ground. Wow. It's like pulling right. like the tooth Never of some this. disgusting right. giant. Uh, <laughs> and, and so it feels a little bit like a remediation project. Um, but we've put in hundreds of plants, hundreds of new oh, you know, native great. plants and shrubs. Just last Sunday... Uh, we planted 35 new shrubs in, wow. that we had. Wow! Um, now, where did you get where did you like get that. these shrubs at a nursery? Oh, or? yeah, online nurseries are. So my wife is very opportunistic about keeping track of all these online nurseries, and when they have sales, she'll buy what we're looking for. That's great. Because um, and so when what, you go to my local nursery, it's extremely expensive. Exactly, and so what extremely you can do is you can extremely expensive. You can find deals, and then the FedEx guy shows up and leaves. <laughs> You know, a dozen enormous boxes uh, outside the house, and then you know you're, they, you're kind of on the clock. And they you, travel okay. The plants. They, they are... travel, yeah, they do. And it turns out you just open them up. You you know you're on the you got to like TikTok. You got to open them up and get them in the sunlight and get them watered and get them in the ground within a day or so. But right. so far it's been great. 
That's wow. I, I gotta because we want to do a lot more. We we actually spent an enormous amount of money. Yeah. Last weekend, but we it's, like the I result. Mean, it, it, we spent an enormous amount of money well, as well. But now it's we're like, thinking plants are expensive. We want to do more. And, but I don't want to do that again. So hearing hearing this option is is, is really good. I, I, think we I would say that the um, difficulty of just selecting and transporting the plants is under um, undervalued in the sense of like having all these plants delivered to your house means you're going to spend a lot more time planting them. And <laughs> when you're doing something at scale, all that time you spend at the nursery, like that's hours and it's a lot of work and it's, yep. you know, it's, no, you're um, absolutely right. That's, I'm, I'm a big fan of having advice. it delivered. I'm very, very uh, happy with that because we have all sorts of like, we, we have almost like a phase two we want to do. Yeah. And we were going to go to a nursery and we were like, oh shit, it's going to be like 600 bucks. Uh, yeah. I mean, I would, I would say I, I can't, I can't imagine going to like going to a nursery unless there were something at the nursery that you couldn't find uh, right. to be delivered. No, no, no. That's great. You just elevated me. I had no I idea this that. existed. This is unbelievable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm so excited. Yeah. Are you, you growing any vegetables, anything anything to eat? So I built a raised and enclosed uh, vegetable garden. What do you mean enclosed? Uh, so, okay. So imagine. Oh, deer. Um, no, say no yeah, more. So, so, exactly it's a U, so it's a U-shaped. Uh, so it's, you know, two or three feet high. I'm saying two or three, like I don't know how high it is. Like it's it's 33 inches high. And, <laughs> uh, like I, I built it. I mean, it's you know, um, and then and then high. the why did you choose 33? Is that just the default kind of size of the three, plywood? It's three to uh, one by twelves. So got it. Okay. Um, okay. Damn. So you, uh, and then you have like you know they're just four by four posts, and then we just wrap the whole thing in wire, and it's kind of a U shape with a door, so you can open it up and mm. go on the inside, and then you've got three of the sides of this of this thing, or you know it's how I forget. Did you put like metal it. spikes on the edges to keep <laughs> the deer away? Because no, I would I mean, imagine they, a deer you know, can just bloop. No, they won't. They won't hop over, over it because it, the the posts are eight foot posts, so got it. So they can't go in. But we oh, have, oh, I see, I see, I see. Yeah, so it's so it's eight feet tall, and you got know, it. Um, Except, but the bed itself is 33, you know, full of dirt uh, or mulch at the bottom and then dirt on the top. Got it. Inches or whatever. Right. Um, and then we have this deer run that goes through, like through the boundary between our yard and the, and our neighbor. And it's like a commuter route. Like every morning <laughs> they go from east to west and every evening they go back from west to really? east. It's remarkable. And there's about six of them. Like it's the same deer and you just, I don't know what they're doing. Like <laughs> gotta go to work. <laughs> It's like a Flintstone. Uh, and, and yeah. And so, and then our dog, our dog wants to make sure, wants to make sure that we know that he's on top of it. So anytime right. he sees the deer, he's like, Oof. it's like, it's like high alert. And then, you know, if they, if they wow. linger too long, he'll, he'll start barking at them. And like, this is hey. a Brooklyn dog? No, that's this, now, no, this that's is a Westchester learned... dog. We got this, oh, we got this okay. dog. It's Native Westchester dog. It's a Westchester dog. It's a, it's a quarantine dog. Uh, my wife was like, you know what? I think we should get a dog. And I was like, I don't really. And then she's of course in love with the dog and the dog's great. We, I love the dog too. What kind of dog is it? He's a, he's a labradoodle because Mm. both me and my son are allergic to most dogs. So I was like, that's kind of a deal breaker. And she was like, what if we get a dog? You're not going to be allergic to And I was like, well, now you're just removing objections. What is this? A sales process? Come on. (laughs) And so we ended up getting a dog and he's great and everyone loves him. And, uh, you know, I understand the appeal of dogs. It's also a little bit like having a third child. And so, of course. Um, so how old's the dog now? He'll be a year yeah. in 
on May 1st, actually, is his birthday. So he's still a puppy. The first year is tough. He's a 70-pound puppy. Right. A 70-pound puppy. My dog's 95 pounds. He's a fat Is your yard enclosed? We just had the electric, not the electric fence. Got it. I mean, it is electric, but like the um, invisible invisible fence. fence. Right. And we we haven't done all the training yet, so we can't let him out quite yet. But but yes, we're we're very much anticipating that because he's well-trained. He'll listen to us. We can have him off leash in the yard. But if he sees a neighbor, we have to be on top of that because every once in a while, especially if he sees a neighbor that he loves, um, he's super friendly, but his friendliness is sometimes very enthusiastic and we don't want him jumping up on the 80 year old neighbor who he, who he loves and who loves him back. But you can't, you can't have him knocking over the neighbors. No, Um, that would be So it's, so it's a little stressful because you're like, you can't just kind of like work on the thing you're working on if half your attention is on the dog. So anyway, we're looking forward to that. That's great. I just bought um, a, uh, a, I'm sorry, Tony. I just bought a stake uh, in my front yard because I do a lot of work in my front yard and Roku would be sitting there in my front door. Just my Roku's my dog staring at me. You didn't have a streaming door. box just like looking at you. <laughs> right. So now I got this, this stake. It's like a, it's a heavy duty. It's like, yeah, like a corkscrew. It's, it's not cut. Yeah. Yeah. It's not coming out. Yeah, and I put a leash on there, and if we, yep. leash can't get to the sidewalk, so people are walking their dogs. We haven't had an encounter with another dog yet. I just got it a few days ago. So but we, now we had that last there, year. He's out there, and he's happy, you know, because he's with me, and yeah. I'm, you know, watering my new plants. Yeah, we we tried that. The problem is our our the lot we're on is large enough that we can't easily give him where we want to be is larger than the radius yeah, that we could yeah, put him on a, on a lead. No, so no. we did that last year though. And that yep. worked most of the time, especially when he was littler. One time we were out playing with my four-year-old and we were playing soccer and he loves playing soccer. He'll chase after the ball. Mm-hmm. And the problem was that I kicked the ball. So if, if let's say, let's say the dog's on the right-hand side and my daughter's in the middle and I kick the ball to the left. So what he does is he runs from the left past my daughter to the ball and clotheslines the back of oh. her heels. Oh. Now, fortunately, she's a short, you know, she's four years old. She's She's got right. some growing to do. So she didn't have that far to fall, but she hit the ground, like, you know, she, fortunately yeah. in a seated position and looked at me with the most shocked expression on her face. Because it happened like a, I felt like a terrible father because, you know, you you just right. introduced a, <laughs> a potentially dangerous situation by kicking no, the ball. You're but I was like, okay. Kids need, need to fall every now yeah, and then. Yeah, you know. Uh, you just don't want to have like yeah, you don't a want dog that weighs more than she does pulling her right. feet out from under her. Um, but no, she was she was unharmed but, but That's surprised. Great. And so uh, after that, we were like, all right, we need to figure out a way. And so since then, we've done off-leash, and he, he will pay attention to, to us when we tell him to stop and things like that. But we want to be able to just kind of let him go and know that he's going to stay stay in the yard. Mm-hmm. What's your dog's name? Frankie. Frankie, what a name. Name. classic, classic dog name. He, it, depending Good on name. who you ask, his his full name is Frank Sinatra the dog, but nobody calls him. Really? That. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> it's a, that's great. But yeah, everyone calls him Frankie. That's great. Um, so Eric, the other thing I remember, Nick brought up Ragnar before. We did this this crazy. Yeah, we did. Uh, we did this crazy thing where we ran in the middle of the night. Um, so we had a lot of downtime while we were waiting for people to run and you wait for the other van to run. So you, you end up talking, you shared with us something and that, and that, that is fucking amazing. And I, I always think about it, which is that thing. And I, it's called photo something, which oh, is uh, where synesthesia. you, 
Synesthesia. Yeah. Synesthesia. Oh, it's yeah. not called synesthesia. photosynthesis. It's called synesthesia, right? That's right. I um, remember that about Eric. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, that's so one of my this, one weird okay. tricks. So this is amazing. So from what I remember is that you associate somehow kind of like subconsciously or, or not subconsciously without any effort, I should say. Right. A non uh, letters, letters, right. Letters to colors. Correct. No, maybe numbers also. Yeah. Numbers are stronger. Yeah. And so, then, and then when you put words together, then they kind of have like a, kind of like a feel and like, so, so what is Frankie? What's like the Frankie color? Oh, uh, well, so the mapping of, of them is it's, it's letter by letter, right? So like the, right. the A and Frankie and the A and Contreras are the same color. Um, but so Frankie with letters, vowels are stronger than consonants. So consonants uh-huh. have a color, but vowels uh-huh. have a much stronger color. So A's oh, are red. Interesting. Uh, A's are, are red. A's are white. I's are white. E's are a light blue. Um, F amazing. is like a. A lot of the consonants are a version of like a beige or a gray. I don't know why. And it turns out that Frankie is um, kind of the color of Frankie. Like Frankie the dog <laughs> is like a beige color. Um, there's some. There are some words where the color mapping in my head maps to like some sort of kind of semantic thing about the thing itself. And those are very satisfying words. So, for example, for whatever reason, one is white and zero is black. And so when you talk about binary, like, wow, perfect. That, that is perfect, right. Um, and, like, the letter I is also white and O is also black. So I think it's a shape thing. Um, but, like, NYU, like, an, like the N, hang on, I have, to, I have to look at it for a second. But, like, the N is, like, a beige and the Y is kind of, like, a light gray and the U is, like, a purple. And NYU's colors are white and purple. So wow. like that works, right? Like that yeah. th- that's mapped to signs and things you see in the world. So the letters so, of the alphabet, are they like if you were to see the alphabet in front of you, do you see like are they gradients? Do they che- like is it like looking at like Photoshop like you know like this? <laughs> I've tried to come up with a way to describe what the experience well, I, I, is like. I think I asked you this once. I don't mean to interrupt you, but No, did, no, go ahead. Did you ever draw out what it looks like to you? Yeah, I've done this before. And for me it's very satisfying cuz I'm like, yeah, that's what color it is. And everyone else is like, what? <laughs> why is the color? Why, why why have you drawn a colored alphabet? I mean, congratulations, right. but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is there a pattern? If you were to see the no, colored there's no alphabet? pattern. It... Although, if you the Wikipedia page on this is actually really good, and it's called the version I have is like the basic version. It's the most common uh, version of synesthesia because synesthesia is just where you have two senses that overlap in some way. So some people like taste musical notes, yeah. or mm-hmm. they'll like uh, hear right. smells or something. I don't know. Uh, you could you could do anything, but the most common one is what I have where symbols but usually letters and numbers have a color associated with them and there was a study done that says it's more common than chance that the mappings a person has will map to a particular set of magnetic uh letters that would go like children's letters that you would put on your refrigerator to teach kids the alphabet yeah so like the fact that a's are red is very common and it, there's a particular set of ver- like best-selling magnetic letters from the like 70s and 80s that everybody had, and so like I, you know, my family might have had. So it might have it might have been Im- so it, like, it may have ingrained that, that imprinted been, in my brain when I was primer. young and impressionable. Primer. And then my brain's wired in this way, so it, but it's like looking for a mapping, and so it's like I don't know. When I was a kid, I saw that it was um, like I have somewhat of a memory of like like eights are orange. I, I'm just in my head, they're mm-hmm. orange. And I kind of remember, like in grade school, there was. Well, now that I'm saying this, I'm realizing it might might be the other way around. They might have already been orange. 
I don't know. Huh. You can cut that. I don't know. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Wait, so so so, but the letters that are like gray and beige are kind of like neutral colors. Maybe Some of them like are. those those weren't the ones that were in the set that were on the refrigerator. Yeah, and maybe it, maybe it all that means is I don't have a particularly strong mapping. You know, like because if I were to to rattle right. off the colors to you, some of them I'd be like, A's are red and B's are yellow and C's are blue and D's are brownish. Right. And E's, E's also blue and F is a greenish. And, you know, and, and it's like a bunch of these. I'm just going to be like, well, it's kind of like a this sort of color. Right. Right. Um, but the numbers are very strongly mapped. And, oh, um, interesting, interesting. That's gotten me now, in trouble before where like I'll remember numbers by what they look like color wise. And so I'll go to like the wrong classroom because I remember it was like, right. you know, oh. white, like yellow, you, blue. You suffer from cognitive dissonance probably a lot. A little bit, yeah. Like, you, you see that's it represented possible. one way and you're like, whoa, that's not, that's not right. Yeah, that's not the way it's supposed to be represented. Right? If, if you see like a letter though, let me just, just to be super clear. Let's sure. say you're taking the subway. Okay. And actually that's a terrible example because the subways colored. already have letters. Or, yeah, and, they're but all, if you and, just and see... most of them are the wrong color. <laughs> oh, really? Is well, that annoying as fuck? <laughs> a little bit. The, like, like you know, A is satisfying because it's red, right? Wait, no, right. A is blue. Sorry. A is blue. The ACE is blue, yeah. Yeah. See, I'm telling you, it's, it's like up here, it's like there's a real color, like the color they're supposed to be. And then right. there's the whatever color you right, right. like. Right, right. So, so that was my question is like, if you see a, if you see just a plain capital letter on a white piece of paper, do you see like a color okay. around it? It is not a visual hallucination. Got it. The best analog that I've, that I can think of is when you see a letter like the T in Tony, it has a sort of like, when you see that shape, the shape of a T, mm -hmm. in your head, you kind of hear the sound T. Like yep. it has like that. Yep. There's nothing in the world that says it has to have that quality, right. that sound associated with it. But in your head, as soon as you see a, the shape, this, this shape with right angles, in your head yep. it goes T. Right. It's like that. It's like it, yeah. it's like it's right there on the tip of your brain. It's, and for it's, me, like, right. it's like a musical note. You have an A, A minor, different octaves, but they also have a timber right so it's like is it an a played by a flute or is it an a played by a violin or a guitar mm. or and, uh, and it's not yeah. uncommon of like when you hear a note in an instrument you are familiar with and if you play a you know let's say you play the piano and you can you can hear what middle c sound sounds like and you can or, or even a maybe a voice of a person you know you know how like you can hear their voice in your head it's the same kind of thing when you hear you know you think of your spouse's voice it's, it's just in there. It's in your brain. Yeah. Um, so when I think of these, you know, any piece of text that I see just has that quality associated with it. Yeah, that's, that's great. That's amazing. It really is amazing. amazing. When you first told me about it 10 years ago, I thought it was amazing. And it's <laughs> yeah. still fucking amazing. It's, it, it, well, it's, and the, the weirdest thing is to realize, I think I was in college when I realized it wasn't a thing that everybody has. Right. Right, then right, you, right. You know, wait, wait. You, you told me the story. You're like, wait a minute. A is not red to you? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> so my, uh, my, my youngest daughter, Lulu, I think she heard about this, this, this thing, and she thought she had it. So, so one night, this was like maybe like a year ago or so, I was like, okay, I'm going to just shout some letters. I'm going to write them down. Right. In a week, I'm going to come back, and you tell me if, perfect, if they perfect match Perfect experiment. They did not match up. Oh, no. <laughs> I had the same thing with my son. The same, when I told my son about it after Eric told me. This is like literally 10 years ago. And I did the same thing, and it was, it was no correlation. <laughs> People really want that. 
people. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, it's a fun. It's a fun thing that makes you feel special. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. No, it's it's interesting. I you know one time I in college I went to room, you know three o two where my English class was and I walked in. It's English class, and it's the first day and and the 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 teacher does roll, you know goes to the thing. And it's like who are you? And I'm like I'm Eric. I'm in this class. She's like I don't have you on my list. I'm like okay, well this is you know whatever I I name you know the name of the thing she just said I'm like I'm I'm sure I'm rolling it I got I got the thing right here she's like okay well you know I I can get you in this or whatever it's not a big deal you just need to go tell the whoever to to make sure you're on the list so I did and then I looked at the piece of paper and I was supposed to be in room 306 but the problem is that sixes and twos are almost the same color and so down the hall was the wow. classroom I was supposed to be in uh, and it was the same class just taught by a different teacher. And Whoa. I went to the wrong class and stayed there the whole semester, and it was a fine class. But but, but I I like I was I was adamant. I was like, no, I'm sure I'm supposed to be in this room. Uh, it was just a wow. mistake. Wait, 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 you stayed there the whole semester? Like well, I, after... you know, I transferred. I you didn't find that until the end that you were in the wrong it, class, right? Like, yeah, no, she was like, look, I, we've got space in the class. You know, it's you. like anything. You know, in a college class, you you can transfer in if they have space. And she was like, got yeah, it. just you just need to go like update okay. your thing. You just you just briefly touched on one of my recurring nightmares, which is I am in the wrong class the uh -huh. whole semester, and I don't realize until the very end that I have to take a test in the class that I didn't go to. I oh. literally have that yeah, dream yeah. That is oh, no, no, every no, no. three weeks. Absolutely. It's like, what the hell? It's I like want you, that to go you never away. showed up to a class that you registered for three weeks. Right, into and the I'm semester. doing really well in this one class, but it's the oh, wrong absolutely. class. Oh, I've had that. I've had that. That kills me. Remember that I, movie I, I Top Secret? Go away. One of the funniest scenes in a movie Top Secret is Val Kilmer. He's getting tortured by Nazis, right? <laughs> yeah. Right? And then all of a sudden he has this delusion that he's like late for a test in college, like this horrible experience. And he's like, oh no. And then all of a sudden he wakes back up and he's still getting tortured by Nazis. He's like, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to see that movie again. It's been a long yeah, time. A good I think we're at the East German checkpoint. Better have our passports ready. Now remember, Nick. This is the first time rock music has ever been allowed in this country. So you're not just a performer. You're an ambassador representing America. And above all, remember, we've got to play by their rules. Martin, I've been practicing. How's this? Ist der Takten Achsen, bitte. What does that mean? Is your daughter 18? Um, all right, Eric. We're at time. Thank you so much. You're this welcome. Is, this is amazing. This has been um, amazing. Do you want to? Uh, what's the name of your uh, of the website where your podcasts are at, so people can find you? We, the podcast is called Next Topic. You can find it where uh, any, anywhere quality podcasts are sold, and you can also <laughs> find it at nexttopic.co. Nexttopic.co. Next Topic. Two T's. Two double T. N e x t t o p i c. What colors T? By the way, what colors T? Just T's a gray. T's a gray. You want to go through? You want to go through any names? Nick. Sure. Nick, yeah, Nick is do. Nick is Nick starts with a a lovely beige. Ends are ends are a nice beige color. Eyes are white. Mm -hmm. C's are a dark blue. K's are a kind of cool gray. Ooh. Um. Ooh. So that's that's what Nick looks like. Uh huh. Uh, and then uh, so sh should we keep going? Tony yes, is please. Tony's a gray T. O's are O's are a nice dark black. Goes with goes Ooh. with like the hat you're wearing. Let's say. And uh -huh. then uh, N, as we said, is a beige. And Y is a light gray, almost white. He's it's pretty, I think pretty he's lame. Legit. I, he is legit. I, 
No, my 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 letters are very like blah. I want a little pop. No, I they're like nice. A little bit of. I mean, I sizzle. sorry. Uh, I mean, Contreras has a red A, but otherwise, you know, you got the black O. The E is light blue, but it but because it's surrounded by all the con- other consonants, it gets washed out. A gets lost. Yeah. Damn it. Sorry. What about Codignoto? Similar? Yeah, because you got a bunch of O's there, right? So all the O's are dark black, and then the I's are white, and then your your T's are like T's are like a like I said the the capital sorry capital T's are are gray like we said in Tony lowercase T's are 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 sometimes closer to like a beige. Uh, they can, they, <laughs> That's I'm, crazy. I know this. I'm, I'm hearing myself say this, and it sounds. Are bonkers. you? Are you really good? Last question on this before no, we, we can wrap keep up. Going. Are you really good? You know the box of crayons that has like, you know, eighty-seven crayons, whatever, all the number, yeah. and they're all very. Are you very good at picking the colors in there? What do you mean by picking the colors? I mean like, what's the like, question? Because me, like, uh, my girl and women are actually better at this than men in in, in general. My 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 girls have proven this to me because. They'll they'll take out a you know one of the one of these crayons and I'll be like uh, blue like no it's chartreuse or oh, whatever right no right. it's periwinkle you know and it's yeah I don't it? know that I would know it based on the name like because I know what you're talking about where you have like a large set of crayons or colored pencils or something yeah, and they all have I, like a, a label associated with them yeah sounds like Eric's like everyone else in terms of memorizing the names but he yeah has, that's no true. but I wonder yeah, if, I wonder if the colors have anything to do like now you associate maybe not because they wouldn't associate with the yeah names. not really I, I don't think I would be any better at that than than most people is there any practical uh kind of applications of this condition <laughs> that's what I'm trying to get to. that is a great question um <laughs> I don't know if I'm the best person to answer that I I like I said I use it reflexively when I'm remembering things. So for example, when I, um, so I, you know, I told the story about the, the classroom number as like sort of a failure mode, but I'm never going to confuse a seven and a nine. Those are, those are so different that I I could never possibly confuse those two numbers, right? Seven is bright yellow. Nine is like a dark maroon. And so in my (laughs) head, they're going to be very, they're going to just be stored differently. So sometimes things like that are, I guess are maybe easier for me to memorize, but I right. I can't I don't know what to compare it to because right. you know, I right. only know what it's like for me. God, it's so amazing. Human mind. Yeah, it's weird. Nikki, right? isn't that amazing? It is. I'm just, amazing. It's a it's incredible. so interestingly. So in the movie Soul, have you seen the movie Soul? Yes. So you remember the scene? So. Okay, oh, it's, it's so good. It's good. You should watch it. Um, yes. Especially as a creative person, it's it's very good. Uh, I thought reflection on what it means to be an artist and the importance of that in life. Um, and it's it's maybe not what you think it, it is. Um, but anyway, there's a scene where uh, he's playing music and there's a visualization to go with it, right? And it's this kind of black field and there's all these colors and, and various kind of poppy, interesting sparks and things happening as the notes are being played. And he's in like a flow state. And he's in a flow state, exactly. Right. They generated that with the help of a person who has sound to visual synesthesia. So the person who came up with that basically worked with an animator and said, all right, they played the music and he's like, here's what that looks like. Wow. So that's not just a made up thing. That's great. And because, you know, and, and when I saw that, it just felt so natural. It didn't seem like somebody's editorial on top of it. Yeah. It just it literally like, seemed like stream of consciousness of the music he was playing. And the music was beautiful. And, you know. Oh, yeah. It's and very it's well jazz, done. right? So it's coming up with it kind of in real time. And it was just, it was amazing. Yeah, Nick, you should definitely watch that movie. It's it's amazing. Yeah, so, uh, so I read a book 
by uh, uh, Jeff Hawkins called On Intelligence. Mm-hmm. And in that book, he talks about someone who wore a adapter on their tongue connected to a camera on their head, but they were blind. So the video mm-hmm. signals were sent to the tongue. Right, transmitted a to, a, to a touch or electrical signal. And after wearing it long enough, the blind person was able to trace out bright objects like windows. And oh, that's like interesting. That. Because the brain is a generic processing. It, right, it can adapt. And all the electrical signals from all your senses, your eyes, your, your wow. taste, your smell, all that, are just signals that go into this generalized thing. Right. So there's like an adapter component. Like you got an adapter. It, it takes A and translates it into B, right? So eventually you, your brain's like, hey, I'm getting these signals, but they're corresponding to stuff in the real world. I'm going right. to interpret that now as visual stimulus. So Eric's got like a splitter. That adapter actually he's goes got, into two different Yeah, that's the sort of a, he's got, He doesn't have a hard line between his senses. There's a soft line, right? Yeah, I think you're right. It's like the wiring's gotten crossed. And so when yeah. it's 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 activating multiple What's areas. interesting to me is that it doesn't change. That that is That is kind of interesting. That it's the same throughout your life. I would think for something that's soft that potentially it could change over time. That's true, but it does remind me a little bit of like this idea that memories are cre- like memories are created via repetition. And so the more you access a memory, the more right. yeah, available more. it is. And so letters and numbers are so constant that like every time I see an O and it looks black, it kind of reinforces the idea that it's well, black. Think noodle this. You have I'm your ready. base synesthesia yeah. that gave you those initial colors. Are they now reinforced by your memories, what you're saying? Or is there some, when you were a child, they were slightly different, but... They eventually settled and solidified into, right, what, into what I have now. Because I don't know. Of, because I, of recall and, and yeah. memory, like you're saying. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, based on my memory, they've always been like this, but uh, who knows? Maybe. That's pretty cool. Anyway, it's And I wonder if topic. like the grays and the beiges never never really got like imprinted. So That's kind of my neutral. guess. Like, It's not that they yeah. don't have a color. Like, I will differentiate this beige is darker, this one's lighter, this one's, you know, right. more, uh, more closer to a brown or a gray. So they are different, and they are relatively right. constant. But I think that's kind of my assumption yeah. as well, is that they just didn't get mapped very strongly. Right. That's, wow. that's, amazing. that's amazing. God damn it. So cool. Well, Eric, uh, thank you so much for oh, being a, 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 a fantastic guest. And thank you for taking the time to yeah, I'm, I'm very glad, detailed uh, topics. We covered like five of them. We need to have you back on really? the show. Really? Yeah, I'll, I'll be back. Yeah, we barely scratched the surface, We Nick. scratched like, the surface. We'll do a part two through. We're going to do all about exactly. 14 of these. Yeah, anytime. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I'll come back. Thank anytime. you so much. All right. Yeah, thank you. We'll so see much. you all next week. All right. All Bye, right. everybody. Bye.